Ladies, just hear my heart on this. You are of incredible value, incredible worth, and your identity has nothing to do with what people say about you, what you wear, what you drive, where you live. Your identity is wound up in the blood of Jesus. Welcome to This Day in the Word with Pastor John Couch, the radio teaching ministry of This Day Ministries. It is a joy to have you listening today, and we pray that you will be encouraged, challenged, and motivated to live for God like never before. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor John Couch. Holy Father, we come before you today. Lord, in a culture that is struggling beyond description, what a beautiful thing it is to rest in you. Father, our hope is built on nothing less but than on Jesus' blood and his righteousness. On Christ, the solid rock, we stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. So, Father, whatever troubles we bring into the room this morning, God, I pray as we just sang those songs, God, I pray that we will surrender all right now and just hold nothing back. Father, I pray the anthem of our heart right now why the Holy Spirit is moving and stirring would be simply this proclamation that, Lord, I need You. Oh, I need You. Every hour I need You. Lord, we just pray for a mighty move of Your Spirit today. Grab a hold of us. Just move in this place today, Father. Move on this corner. God, we pray that this church would be a lighthouse and a signal to the lost ships of the world called hearts that our Redeemer lives. And so, Lord, as You begin even right now to cultivate in us a soft heart, a tender heart. May we receive the Word of God with gladness. So Holy Spirit, we pray against the schemes of the enemy, His lies, His deceptions, His fiery darts. And God, we rest in the victory of the risen Savior, King Jesus. And so, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to You, my Lord, my Rock, and my Redeemer. Move like You've never moved before in this place, Father. And we'll be quick 
to give you all the praise and give you all the glory. For worthy is the Lamb that was executed on the cross. Worthy was the Lamb that went into that grave. But praise be to our great God that worthy is the Lamb that on the third day He ran out of that tomb. And we pray this prayer in no other name. There's only one name that you can be saved, and it's the name of Jesus Christ. And we pray this in His name and His name only, and all God's people shouted, Amen. Take your Bible and turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. We're looking at verses 1 through 6 today, and I'm going to explain on the front end where we're going over the next two weeks. I wanted to read you some alarming data that was sent to me this past week to set this up. And I pray on the front end of what I'm going to read to you that A, that as your Bible is open, I pray your heart will be open. I pray that you'll listen to these words. And I am praying as I'm talking right now. I just pray, Holy Spirit, will you remove blinders and scales? Will you show us clearly where we are in our culture? That we would have a renewed sense of purpose and urgency to win the loss at any cost. And so here's the data that was sent to me through a recent study. It claims this, that 69% of Americans classify themselves as self-identified Christians, which translates into 176 million people. Let that sink in for a minute. Let it sink in. Big group. We love Jesus. And here's what their data revealed. 72% argue that people are basically good. I'm going to read these slowly, let these sink in. 71% consider feelings, experience, or the input of friends and family as their most trusted sources of moral guidance. 71%. 66% say that having faith matters more than which faith you pursue. 64% say that all religious faiths are of equal value. Big group, we love Jesus. 58% believe that if a person is good enough or does enough good things, they can earn their way into heaven. 58% contend that the Holy Spirit is not real. 58% contend that the Holy Spirit is not real, He's not living, but is merely a symbol of God's power, presence, and purity. 57% believe in karma. And lastly, 52%. 52% claim that determining moral truth is up to each individual. They say there are no moral absolutes that apply to everyone all the time. End quote. 
hopefully this is sinking in. 176 million, which is a massive portion of our population, who say, we're in for Jesus, are totally misguided. If you ever wondered why at this church we believe in the authority of God's Word, that should drive the point home, amen? We are living in a culture today that is so anti-biblical, anti-Jesus, It is high time for the church of Jesus Christ to rise up and begin to take this community for the gospel. Amen? Like the time is now. We just can't sit back any longer and twiddle our thumbs and cross our fingers, cross our toes, cross our eyes even, and hope this thing works out. We have an incredible church. We have an incredible opportunity in front of us. I don't know if you see this. I see it. I see it with resounding clarity. I see a church on this corner that literally is the lighthouse in this community. That the gospel goes tall. That it goes forth with power. That we raise up men and women and students and children. We say, we're going to live for Christ. And even if it costs us everything, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter because we're all in for Jesus. Houston, we certainly have a problem that only God can fix. And my prayer right now is we begin to see and taste how good God is, that we begin right now, church, to unify like never before by the power of the Holy Spirit I just pray right now that God would move and He would stir, that that your heart would be just cut to the core, that my heart be cut to the core, that we'd begin like never before to see the mission. We'd begin like never before to deny self and take up a cross and follow Him. I pray right now that when we leave the church house today, we can shout in the parking lot and we can point back to this building. Surely the presence of the Lord is in that place. So for the next two weeks, we're going to talk about a subject matter, which is what I believe the pivotal crux of these statistics. See, what you learn pretty quickly over time is this, broken homes produce broken people. And when I say the word broken, I'm not referring to humility. I'm talking about spiritually broken people. These stats, 176 million, we're in for Jesus. We don't even believe in the Holy Spirit. That's spiritual brokenness. That's spiritual poverty, not in a healthy way, but in a catastrophic way. And what we learned very clearly here, church, is over these next two weeks, we're going to see that for a home, especially for a marriage to work, God has to be the center of that marriage, period. If one person is in and one person's out, it'll never work. If two people are out, it'll never work. But when you take a sinful man and a sinful woman and you put them together in marital union and they both go vertically to Christ, they say, man, my life's no longer my own. 
I just want to live for you. I want to, I want to reflect your glory. And that's what the marriage relationship should be, shouldn't it? It should be a reflection of the glory of God, thinking of the bride of Christ, Jesus, there he is, the groom. It should be a direct reflection of the union to him, and that is exactly the problem. When you have as many broken marriages inside the church as outside the church, inside and outside, there's a breakdown. And the breakdown is this, and you guys know this by now, everything that I am and you are is an outflow, isn't it? It's an outflow. If we're in union to Christ, it's an outflow. If we're not in union to Christ, we still will produce an outflow. So here in the next set of verses, we are now finally in 1 Peter chapter 3, and this is what the Word of God says. Read along with me in these first six verses. Bible open, heart ready to receive. Peter writes, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1, Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands. Why? So that even if some do not obey the word, very, very key, they may be one, W-O-N, without a word by the conduct of of their wives. Verse 2, when, I love this, this is so good, not if, when they see your respectful and pure conduct, as he ends that thought. Verse 3, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. Don't panic, women. We're going to explain that one. Verse 4, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how, I love this, for this is how Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. We read these verses and sometimes people panic and get nervous and going, oh no, where are we going with this one? And this is the beauty of going word by word, verse by verse by Scripture. We just unpack it. We see what it says in either the Hebrew Old Testament or the Greek New Testament, and then we apply it to today. And it's so glorious because when you and I walk in right fellowship with God, that's when we have the peace of God. Amen? When there's that union there, there's an overwhelming peace. Now, here's what we need to know here. So I know guys right now are probably sitting here going, oh, preacher, you're my favorite person today. Go get them. No. You're the head of the home, man. And matter of fact, uh, I'm going to be hardest on us today and next week. Because as the man goes, so goes the home, the church, and the nation. And so I want us to understand a couple things on the front end here. So number one is this, marriage is to be taken very seriously, like very, very seriously. It's nothing to play around with. It's nothing to toy around with. It is, again, a visible manifestation, if you will, 
of God being in the center of two sinful people, man and woman. Let me make this very clear. Man and woman. And they get married, and prayerfully they give their lives to Christ through that marriage, and there's self-denial, there's taking up their crosses, there's obeying and following Christ daily as they're trying to outserve one another. That really is the goal in marriage. And yet you know this if you're married, that if you want to see how selfish you are, get married. I mean, it's a great revealer because I know that's exactly what's happened to me. In the years that I've been married, it has been greatly revealed to me how selfish I am. I'm a very selfish person. I'm a very me-centered person. I'm a very prideful person. These are the things that have been revealed to me as I walk this road. So as we unpack these verses, again, I pray that your Bible is wide open. I pray your heart and your mind are wide open. I pray you have a pen and something to write with because when something's said, and I do this everywhere I go, when I go to conferences, I come back with just reams of paper, of notes. I'm writing on everything, napkins, you name it, because when the Holy Spirit gives me something, I want to write it down because I only remember about 20% of what I hear, and that's on a good day. And so as the Holy Spirit speaks, let's look at this together this morning. And here it is, this glorious text of verse 1 and 2. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands so that, there's a why here, that even if some do not obey the word, they may be one, again, W-O-N, without a word by the conduct of their wives. Sounds kind of confusing. We'll explain it. When they see your respectful and pure conduct. This is so mission critical. And maybe this is you here, by the way. Let me explain this on the front end. If this is you here, if you're here today and you're like, man, I'm in a, just a lousy marriage. Like maybe you're, you're here today, wife. You're sitting here and you're going, I'm the spiritual one in this marriage. I'm leading this. I want to encourage you, man. Number one, if that's you, I admire you. That's amazing that you're leading on that edge to promote Christ in your home. The way that this works biblically is that Christ has set the man as the person in the marriage, and he takes the responsibility and he bears the consequences. You might say it like this uh, compliment versus compliment. You give someone a compliment, right? Hey, man, you're, you know, this happens to me all the time. People say, man, your hair looks great today. This is not a compliment. We're talking about complement. If you know anything about complementing, it basically is this, you have a team. The whole point is there's a team. And here, Peter, you've got to understand the context. These people are suffering greatly. Man, they're struggling. They're being persecuted. They're being lied about. They're being slandered everywhere they go. Why? Because of Jesus. That's what happens when you promote truth. The venom comes out, doesn't it? And he's saying, look, I don't want you to bend, buckle, and break. And oh, by the way, many times the way this happens, and you guys know this by now if you're married, and if you're a dude here in the room and you're saying, man, I'm tough, and you know, the enemy can't get to me, and man, I'm just superhero spiritually, you will learn this very, very quickly in your life. 
men, I'm talking to me and talking to you. Here it is. If the enemy can't get to you, he will get to the people closest to you to get to you. Do you see how important it is that man and woman are are just immersed in this together? Do you see the importance of man and woman as they're, they're married, that, that they're in the fellowship of believers, that they're owning their discipleship, that they want it, that they hunger for it? Do you see this? Because the enemy, if you're a Christian today, he doesn't sit back and go, hey, let me get the door for you. He's constantly pounding. He's looking for any opportunity to take you down. If you're a Christian marriage in this room today, he is looking for any opportunity to destroy you. And Peter says, look, I want to remind you of something here in these short verses. And he's reminding the women here. He's saying, look, by your good conduct, if you're in a situation, a lady today, where your husband has never given his life to the Lord, and you're the one that has, Peter's saying, look, I want to remind you that that how you act, how you behave towards Him can actually be the catalyst for Him running to the cross. I, I was thinking about this thought, and I, and I wrote down this key one, and I want you to write it down in your notes. Here's key number one. When a wife obeys God... He, capital H, God, can use her obedience as a powerful evangelistic tool, instrument, to wake up her husband who is spiritually asleep at the wheel. Think about this. When a wife obeys God, ladies, talking to you right now to encourage you, man, when you're living on the edge for Jesus and you don't feel like it, man, it's been a long week a long month, a long year, a long life. And you're just like, I just don't want to do this. I'm tired. When you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, live in obedience to God, that message right there to that husband who has never given his life to the Lord, who is backslidden, who's lukewarm, whatever you want to call it, can actually be the catalyst to drive him to his knees. I was thinking of this movie called War Room. I think it's probably the best example that I can give you in our culture. It's one of those movies from the Kendrick brothers. By the way, they got an amazing one out now called Show Me the Father. Like, drop everything you're doing, not right now, but later, and go see that movie. It will rock your world. It will turn your world upside down, actually. But War Room is this principle lived out. Husband running around doing his own thing. He's in church. He's never given his life to Jesus. And at first, there's all this contention and all this struggle. And then wife, beautiful principle here, goes to elderly mentor, hint, hints, and gets wisdom. An elderly mentor says, Put down your boxing gloves. Elderly mentor says this, go in your prayer closet. 
And she goes in her prayer closet, and all over the room are prayers for her husband. And she's praying for him while he's mistreating her, being unfaithful to her. She's on her knees praying, and she's praying hard. And then she takes it to step two. And when she's around her husband, she's kind and respectful. And he begins to get frustrated. (laughs) He's like, what's wrong with you? I'm being mean to you, and you're being loving towards me. the end of the movie, as you could imagine, they come together, God renews, God restores. It's amazing, church. We can take this same principle out of the context of marriage and take it into any relationship. That when those people around us are mean and they're unkind and they say those things that aren't true, and they twist, and they distort, and they inflict pain as we are willing to say, hey, I'm going to love you. I'm going to be kind to you. That right there will preach a thousand sermons. By the way, ladies, when Peter says here to be submissive, he's not saying to be a doormat. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying that at all. I don't know where some of the stuff is filtered in. I have a suspicion, but he's not saying to be a doormat. He's not saying, you know, go watch Little House on the Prairie all day, although it's a great show. He's not saying to, you know, for your husband to get his slippers and newspaper. And that's not what he's saying here. There's something about when a man leads spiritually, because the reality is this, we crave to be shepherded, don't we? We want our souls to be shepherded. It's part of human emotion, human wiring. And Peter's saying, look, I want you to not miss this, ladies. He says, I want you in the midst of your pain to understand this, that your pain has purpose, and God can take your mess and create the message. It's amazing what we do when we obey God. You're listening to This Day in the Word, the radio teaching ministry of This Day Ministries. All of Pastor Couch's messages are archived and are free to download at thisdayministries.org. In addition, you can share your prayer requests with us via email. Our email address for prayer requests is prayer at thisdayministries.org. That's prayer at thisdayministries.org. And now, back to This Day in the Word with Pastor John Couch. I was thinking of Matthew chapter 5 and verses 14 through 16 as I was thinking on this particular point. And here the word says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. Don't miss that. All in the house. In the same way, let your, make a personal church, let your, let my light shine before others. 
Why? Here's the why. So that, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. Amen? Whether it's a lady who's in a troubling marriage, whether it's at the workplace, men and women, and you're struggling, the knee-jerk reaction is to retaliate, isn't it? Hey, you hit me, here comes a knuckle sandwich, right? That's what we do as humans. And the Bible says, no, there's a different way. The Bible says this, that God says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. The Bible speaks this, that yes, we're to turn the other cheek. That doesn't mean to be a doormat. It basically means this, to not seek revenge. Ladies, in this context, I know it's hard. I know it's hard. If you're the one that's shining the light in your family, it's hard. And my encouragement to you is to not lose heart. My encouragement to you today is to stand fast. My encouragement to you today is don't bend, buckle, and break. Keep mining the Scriptures. Stay under the Word of God. Be in the fellowship of the believers. Commune in fervent prayer. Ladies, if you're in this situation today, I know this. God has a plan for you. And by your good conduct, by your respect, in the midst of those hard relationships of the marriage, as you honor God, He'll honor you. Just think through that for a moment. Let that sink in. Because the last verse I wanted to give you under that section is 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verses 5 through 6, and here Paul writes to that church in Corinth, which, which had so many issues. And this is what he said. I love this. For what we proclaim is not ourselves. So, wow, now that's amazing right there, right? Marital union, if there's a struggle, man, you got sinful man, sinful woman, me, 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 right? I mean, it's, it's just how this thing works. And Paul says, look, we proclaim as not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord with ourselves as your servants. Why? For Jesus' sake, for God who said, here we go, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Wow, oh, wow. I've said it before, Ladies and men, the light doesn't shine the brightest where it's the brightest, but where it's the darkest. Don't waste, don't waste a painful relationship today. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. God could be in the very midst of doing something amazing. Like he could be in the very midst of your marriage today, which you think has no hope. But I know this, church, I know this. I know this without any doubt. I know that no matter what you're dealing with today, when you obey the Lord, when you give your life to Jesus, His grace is deeper still than any of your problems. Ladies, be encouraged. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. 
the last verse says it like this, last verses rather, three through six. Look at your Bible. And Peter really gets to the heart of the matter here. Do not let your adorning be external. He gives some examples. Remember the context and the culture, by the way. The braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. So, I'm going to pause there for a moment. So, I know right now we read that sometimes and it infuriates folks. Well, read the whole section. He's just making a point. What's the point he's making? We'll look at the next verse, verse 4. But, this is important, but, that one word, but. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the church heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves. By there it is again submitting to their husbands joyfully. Verse 6, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. It's a respectful term as all it is. And you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Now again, let me make this very, very clear for our ladies. Peter in no way, shape, or form, zero. I mean, there is zero hermeneutical context to this, okay? Zero. He is not saying that you can't braid your hair, wear jewelry, any of that. That's not what he's saying. He's making an analogy here. He's making a point. He's saying, look, I fault our culture for the magnifying of this next thought. We live in a media-driven culture, right? And what happens, unfortunately, ladies, unfortunately, is that we have a culture that says you are valued by how you look on the outside. That's a lie from the pit of hell. I mean, that's a lie from the pit of hell is what that is. And that's his point. He's saying, don't find your identity and your worth on how you look, what you wear. Find your identity and your worth in Christ. And yet we got this culture that is bombarding us. Everywhere we turn, everywhere, the traps are for the men. Have you noticed that, by the way? The traps are set for the men, and then what they do is they take the ladies and go, you need to look like this, and you're not measuring up. Those are lies from the pit of hell. Call them out. Bring them into the light. Ladies, you are valued because Christ has given His life for you. That's why you're valued. And you are of immeasurable worth to King Jesus, that He's willing to give His life for you, ladies. Like he's willing to go to a cross and get butchered and executed. Not so that you could look good on the outside, but you could look beautiful on the inside. See, it's interesting when the pressure's on and the screws get tightened, whether you're a man or a woman, that's often as humans when we begin to at least think about bailing on Jesus. Jesus. The furnace is getting hot. It's tough. 
You're just kind of like, Lord, I, I can't be a human pinata any longer. Lord, I'm tired to be in the spiritual bounce house. And so often God goes, hold on, lady. Hold on, man. I got this. If I brought you to it, I'll see you through it. Just hang on to me. I'm doing something. I'm working behind the scenes, an eternal weight of glory that in the midst of your pain, in the midst of what you're going through today, I'm going to do something great. Ladies, just hear my heart on this. You are of incredible value, incredible worth, and your identity has nothing to do with what people say about you, what you wear, what you drive, where you live. Your identity is wound up in the blood of Jesus. You take that thought and you see how precious you are in His sight when you look at that verse there, verse 4. It's interesting, when I began to study the word adorning, it literally gives this in the original to be a decoration. You kind of think about that, right? I mean, women often... You know, do the hair and do the makeup. And I know some of you ladies are thinking some of you dudes need to do some hair and makeup. Amen. It's amazing because it's all about the heart. And I just can't say this enough because when Jesus, through his word, the Lagos, when he speaks through Peter in this word, and he says this that which in God's sight is very precious. Ladies, don't miss this. Here's what he's saying to you. So as the enemy today, right now, perhaps even right now, the fiery darts are coming. You're like, preacher, you have no idea what I'm dealing with at work. I mean, the pushback and and the ridicule and the slander. Preacher, you have no idea what I dealt with growing up. I mean, I got made fun of. I got demeaned. I got ridiculed. I got bullied before bullying was even cool and in vogue, so to speak. Here's what. Listen to the Word of God. That's why we got to get back to the truth. We get back to the Word of God. We sit under the Word of God. And what happens here? It's so glorious. He says these words right here. Look at this. Verse 4. Very precious. It means this. Of incredible value and worth. When Jesus looks at you, lady, and He says, look, you are precious to me. He's saying, he's looking right at you. He knows your name. He says, I'm calling you, and 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 I'm saying this, you are of incredible worth and value to me. Ladies, what's going to happen when you begin to latch on to that biblical truth and you bring that truth now into your marriage? Just think about what's going to happen. Think about what God's going to do. And man, you're not off the hook. What happens when you take that truth and you bring it into the marriage? Do you see what's going to happen? The thriving in Christ, the union to Christ. You may be here today saying, well, I'm not married. Hey, take lots of notes. And you're, what's going to happen is for you that aren't married, you're going to avoid a whole bunch of valleys that many of us have had to walk through. And you won't have the scars. 
Ladies, the Lord loves you. And he wants to use you in your marriage, even if your husband is an unbeliever and doesn't obey the word. Key number two, write this down. Here it is, last key. A wife's external beauty, a wife's external beauty is no match for her internal beauty in Christ. Key number two, write it down. A wife's external beauty, outward, is no match for her internal beauty in Christ. Have you ever met a woman who has just surrendered to Jesus? Not perfect. Guys, we're not perfect. But if you've met a woman who surrendered to Christ, there is something amazing, isn't there? It's called the Holy Spirit, which what, 58% of 176 million Jesus followers say doesn't exist. But there's something amazing when a woman has the Holy Spirit in her, she understands that's her real beauty, it just begins to radiate. I mean, just radiates. Well, that thought occurred to me, and I, I said this, a wife who radiates Christ simply radiates, Period. Ladies, if you want to know how to really, really infuse courage into your husband, totally surrender your life to Jesus. I mean totally. Just totally do it. It's amazing what happens when we give our lives away and what God does through that. See, it's so much about who we really are, not what people think we are. We spend so much time on social media, and we're trying to keep it with the Joneses and, you know, keep these pictures going and that picture going because we want to outdo this person. And we do it as men and women, don't we? It's amazing what we do. And I think John Wooden, the great basketball coach, said it best when he said this statement. He said, be more concerned with your character, who you are inwardly, than your reputation. Because your character is what you really are while your reputation is merely what others think you are, end quote. You know, what would happen today, men and women, if we began to work on our hearts as much as we work on our hobbies? What would happen today if we began to work on our hearts as much as we work on vacations and all the other things going on in our world today that seem seemingly good, they seem innocent, But heart neglect, church, listen to me right now, heart neglect in your home, and that's where it starts. Dysfunctional churches are a great revealer of dysfunctional homes. It starts in the home. And so what happens is, you see this very clearly, that when we begin to work on our hearts, when I begin to look at my heart, you look at your heart, and we say, God, do the work only you can do. Do the heart surgery, not tomorrow. Do it right now. Get in there and create in me a clean heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit, which is me, oh God. Do something only you can do for your praise and your glory. God will honor that humility. One of my favorite scriptures is 1 Samuel 16, 7, and I know you guys laugh when I say that because I have a few favorites. 1 Samuel 16, 7, it's amazing. 
ladies, men, all of us, if you're here today going, yeah, I don't know what you're, I kind of hear what you're saying, but I still think the outward's really important, okay? I'm not saying don't take care of yourself, use discernment here, but it's about the heart where our value, our worth, our identity is. And that's what Peter's trying to communicate here. 1 Samuel 16, 7, you know the story. Samuel comes to Jesse's house. He's looking for the next king. So what happens? Well, here we go. One comes out, then another, then another, then another. God's going, nope, 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 and nope. And, you know, Samuel's a little frustrated going, man, I saw the first one. He's like amazing. This guy's got king written all over him. And then the word of the Lord says this. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance, his outward exterior, his shell, or on the height of his stature. Why? Because I have rejected him. Here it is, ladies and men. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the hearts. The Lord has a way with His infrared lenses spiritually to go deep into the heart and and to show me and you where we really are. And ladies, for you today, especially in a culture that says, you got to look like this and you got to wear this and you got to go to this store and that store to look like whatever the culture is saying you got to look like, Jesus is screaming in the corner going, no, no, don't go over there. Jesus is saying, come look like me. And he'll do an amazing work in your life. That's why Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says this Keep your heart with all diligence and vigilance. Keep your heart with all vigilance. For from it flow the springs of life. Men, ladies, men, whatever you're doing, make sure you are investing in your soul and your heart and your mind spiritually. Often it's the last thing that gets invested in when it must be the first thing. Keep your heart, guard your heart with all vigilance. Just keep it and guard it today. I'm talking to me, I'm talking to all of us. Keep your heart. Why? Because out of our heart will flow. Something's going to flow from our heart. It's either going to be Christ or it's going to be self. And that's why the takeaway question is simply this. Write this down. This is for wives, husbands, women, men, all of us. Here it is. Do I live a life worthy of the gospel around those who have never given their lives to the Lord? And am I spiritually guarding my heart? Do I live a life worthy of the gospel around those who have never given their lives to the Lord? And am I spiritually guarding my heart? You never stumble into spiritually guarding your heart. <laughs> you just go, hey, you wake up one morning going, how did I get here? I'm well guarded. No, it's an intentional pursuit. We've got to take action. The Christian life has nothing to do with passivity. Even when we pray to the Lord, we are praying earnestly. Even when we're waiting on the Lord, it's work. We're working as we're waiting. Sometimes the work is really hard in the waiting, amen? 
You say, well, why don't you ask the question of living a life worthy of the gospel to those who have already given their lives to the Lord? Well, that's an understood. But so often we neglect to live a life worthy of the gospel around those who need the gospel. That's why the action step is so important. Because here's an earth-shattering statement I want to give you as I begin to read the action statement, action step in just a moment. But here it is, earth-shattering statement. What I let in gets in. I know, you're blown away. Can't believe the deep theology behind that one, amen? It's so true. What I let in through my eyes, through my ears, what I let in gets in. And so we want to be an action people that by the power of the Holy Spirit, here it is, I resolve today to be a witness, to be a martyr if necessary. That's what that word means there in Acts 1.8. A martyr for the gospel wherever I go and to joyfully sit under the guardrails of the truth of God's Word. Write this down. Here it is. By the power of the Holy Spirit, it's not our power. We can't just get enough gumption, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I resolve. I pray right now all across this room, there are men, women, students all across this room going, I'm in. Like, like I'm in. I'm going to resolve today. Count me in, preacher. I'm in. Now, we're in to make a difference. We're not going to exist and just, hey, float around any longer, man. We're in. We're going to take this community for Jesus Christ. I pray all over this room people are willing to say, I'm in. But you have to, as I've learned and I'm continuing to learn, you have to joyfully get under the guardrails of this Word. The moment that I and you step out from under the truth is often when we make fatal decisions. How will you, how will I know what's false out there if we're not immersing ourselves in what's true? Oh, I pray today you're strengthened. I pray today you're encouraged. I pray you won't lose heart. Because so many people I talk with that profess Jesus, the reality is they're like the kids of Israel. And life gets hard. And challenges mount. And we're not sure what God is up to. And so we're looking for exit ramps. And so many people, it just blows my mind, they're literally like the kids of Israel looking to go back to Egypt. So why would we want to go back there? Why would we want to go back somewhere that we've been freed from? It doesn't make any logical sense. That's why we press on for Jesus. People say, man, you know, life's hard. What are you going to do? I said, we're trusting Jesus. Man, we're pressing on. God rewards faithfulness and obedience. We've got a lost and dying world all around this church. There are thousands upon thousands of people, if the date is correct, that all here in this community, if they died today, would go to a godless hell. I don't know about you, that motivates me. Man, I want to make a difference. I want to leave it all in the fields. I want to make my life count for eternity. 
And yet so many people, to be truthful, are just fearful. And ladies, maybe that's you here today. Man, maybe that's you here today. You're fearful. You've never given your life to Jesus. You've been in church for years, maybe all your life, and the reality is you still own your life. And today the Lord is saying, that's you talking to you. It's time to give your life to Jesus today. See, so many people are so fearful in the midst of this. And Peter says, don't be fearful. Don't look on the outside. Look who dwells inside of you. Greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world. Since my God is for me, who can be against me? The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? You just begin to take the wellspring of Scripture that you've buried deep into your soul and you begin to have it come forth. And Elisha prays, and he says, reveal, reveal what's really going on behind the scenes. See, so often we just see the temporal, and everyone's like, oh no, what do we do? Let's keep trusting God. And he reveals what's behind the scenes, and what was behind the scenes is all there on the hillside were horses and chariots of fire of the Lord going, I got this, I got this. Don't bend, don't buckle, don't break. You stay right where you are. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord." Because he'll never part your Jordan or your Red Sea unless you obey. Ladies, be encouraged. God has a hope and a plan and a future for you today. He's created you and fashioned you for such a time as this to redeem the time. He wants to use you mightily to advance his gospel. Don't be discouraged. Be encouraged. Because greater is he that loves you than what the world says about you. Amen. Father, we come before you, and Lord, as we lift up this time, as we surrender to you, Lord, I just pray that you would speak and move and stir like only you can. And so as we sing this song, maybe there's one here today, maybe a man, maybe a lady, maybe a student, that have never truly given their life to Jesus. Oh, Father, I pray. Father, I pray. I just pray, Lord. Would you move in this place? Holy Spirit, would you stir? Just move right now. Whatever you want us to do, may our yes be on the table. Encourage our ladies, Father. Encourage our men. Do a work in this time that's yours, it's not ours, that only you can do. And we pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. You've been listening to This Day in the Word, the radio teaching ministry of This Day Ministries. Don't forget that all of these messages are archived and are free to download at thisdayministries.org. That's thisdayministries.org. In addition, if you have been blessed by the teaching of God's Word during This Day in the Word, we would love to hear from you. Our email address is info at thisdayministries.org. Thanks again for listening as we strive to honor Christ and impact our world as we spend this day in the Word.